2: I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness
0: begins in 3, 2, 1.
3: On this week's show, Josh Peterson and I break down Xbox's Gamescom press conference and what kind of future the Xbox One X will have this holiday season. We'll also let you know if Marvel's The Defenders is worth a Netflix binge, why we hope for some luck with Logan Lucky, Josh weighs in with a review of Hellblade, and do we really need a Jetsons reboot? Plus, Tyler Baker from DKLegends.com and the Fantasy Football Pay Dirt Podcast stops by to share some sleepers for your next fantasy football draft and another hit song from Hyperschmidt. It's another team-up of podcasting defenders we have for you today as we once again delve into The Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to The Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And who else is going to be here with me than my good friend? He is the, well, I should say the squadron leader of Humanica Media. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, my friend?
4: Not much man I'm like as sorry an article popped up on my computer uh, comparing the Game of Thrones characters what they look like on the show versus real life and like some of them are like a lot more attractive than you would uh, you would imagine here
3: because <laughs> Game of Thrones I know they just uh, you know started letting out some even more plans for the last year of their series plus even more talk in regards to prequels and and whatnot and delving into more of the series I know that The showrunners of the show have had talks with George R. R. Martin, and I know that uh, that's ongoing about possible ideas, how they can spin off the Game of Thrones. So definitely something to look forward to for Game of Thrones fans indeed. So if you're a Game of Thrones fan, there's still more on the way, I'm quite sure. But with all that great stuff that's going on with Game of Thrones, what's even better is all the great stuff that's going on with Humanica Media. So tell us, What's all going down with your channel, my friend?
4: A lot. We have a, uh, what about this new one on Monday? Finally, we recorded it. It is recorded, so it does exist. We'll have a new Super BS on Monday, and just the uh, the wheels keep on turning. I don't know when Gardens the Geek is coming back, but if you, uh, it should be coming back next week, but if you haven't listened to the first episode yet, it is up on podcast.com. And as always, you can check out Attack of the Humanikins on Tuesday nights at 7 on Podcast Radio Network
3: that's correct 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific and also as well the pcc multiverse which is also on the podcast radio network at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific on friday as well plus we'll give you a big rundown of all the streaming and downloading platforms a little later in the show but i wanted to first surprise josh this is episode 51 of the pop culture cosmos Next week is our one year anniversary. Can you believe it, my friend? One year has gone by of episodes and and we're looking very much forward to the one year anniversary for the Pop Culture Cosmos show, which for six months now has been the number one show on the network. So it's, it's coming soon, my friend. One year in the books. Nice.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, it, has, it hasn't been that long. It seems like we just started this little venture
3: indeed it has and just you know i remember the first uh, few episodes are smoothing out the rough spots and whatnot so we truly appreciate everyone sticking with us and all the people who've come on since then and we cannot thank you enough for allowing us into your homes into your radios into your cars or wherever you listen to our show we just truly appreciate it it's going to be a great episode today we have for you we've got a lot of stuff to talk about with xbox at gamescom how they did, also as well, we're gonna talk Netflix, the Defenders, you know see how that Marvel Netflix Love Fest has continued, and see what you know, see whether or not you know we'll 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 let you in on whether or not you may want to watch it or you may want to skip it as a Marvel fan. We'll also talk a little bit about this weekend's box office. Numbers are still nah, not that great, but one you know one movie uh, seemed to prevail quite a bit over the other, and we'll talk about that as well. Plus, uh, we've also got Tyler Baker coming back from the Fantasy Football Pay Dirt Podcast. He's going to share more insight for your fantasy football draft. That he's going to drop some knowledge on us a little bit later in the program as well. Plus, another great song from Hyper Schmidt. But first, Josh, I got to ask you gamescom is just underway and what kicks it off every year is xbox's press conference and they officially unveiled the xbox one x as far as it's all ready to go pre-orders are now underway it's got a project scorpio special edition that's that you can get it all looks great and groovy but still at that extremely high price for a console so it's a tip for tat They really don't have any games going out day and date with the delay of Crackdown 3. So there's some good and bad to it. There's some great trailers that are out there. And you want to check our Game Source Facebook page on our news feed. And you can check out exactly where you can link up to all the great trailers that were shown. But was there anything that really stuck out to you with Xbox's press conference coming from Gamescom?
4: What it told me is that they're banking heavily on the Xbox One being a success. But I know we've talked about this before. What it's exciting. That there's a new console coming out, but it's not. It's not really going to be beneficial to anyone who doesn't have uh, the 4K capabilities required to get the most out of those games. So I'm, you know, and I. As, as for like as far as their games go like I, I know everyone's hoping more for more of a like a solid release date from um sea of Thieves, and I don't know when that's gonna happen but the Jurassic Park game looks fun I know that was kind of what everyone was hoping for the 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 Jurassic Park game back when the that uh that indie game came out uh, i forget what was that called when they were uh, Talking about what happened to the Barbasol can.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you are doing. I, I off the top of my head, but I know I I remember the yeah. Barbasol can. Yeah. people really like the uh,
4: Jurassic Park Zoo Simulator that came out on the original Xbox. So I, I think that this game will definitely be something that fans will like because everyone likes the little mobile game that's out. Yeah, I think that Xbox is relying super heavy on the Xbox One X. So I am curious to see what the sales are going to look like on that.
3: I was actually impressed with the new bundle packages for the Xbox One S, which I still say unequivocally is the best valued console out there for the money as far as features and value for the price that it's at. I'm just going to say it out front again that it is the best value in my opinion at this point in time. And they came out with Minecraft with a special edition, all cool colors and and also controllers that came with it that different color or whatnot, that more aligned with the Minecraft persona as far as the whole way it, it looks out. It's much better Minecraft bundle than what was previously done as far as the Minecraft bundle before it. So this one definitely uh, looks like it's something special indeed. And also as well, the, the Middle Earth, shadow of war bundle that was actually a very nice looking bundle as well so definitely looking forward to those hitting the shelves because i may actually pick one up because i'm interested in actually picking up an xbox one s if it goes to the right value price point for me so that's definitely something to look forward to but something i also want to talk about was the announcement that player unknowns battleground which been a games media darling for the past few months and has risen steadily in sales. In fact, they just announced that it has sold over 8 million copies on PC alone, is going to be for a time being, I don't know how if it's gonna be, how long that's gonna be, but it's an exclusive deal for now on consoles with Microsoft as far as an early access and then coming a full-fledged game later on down the road, like Ark Survival Evolved. So I ask you, does this really move the needle as far as the Xbox is concerned? Because this is actually becoming a really fastly uh, growing, popular game, this Player Unknown's Battleground. I've seen the footage. I haven't had a chance to play it myself, but it really looks like something that a lot of console players can get into as well.
4: Everyone I know is talking about it, and it's one of those games that, Sounds like anyone can jump into. It. You don't have to worry about how good you are. You can pick up the controller, play with your friends, and have a good time. So I think you know, as as far as like Microsoft having it exclusively, that that could be. I mean, that's a really great idea. It could very well signal uh, ill tidings for Call of Duty, especially if it reaches the PlayStation Four, because it's it's just become such a phenomenon that it sounds like it's the the new the golden eye of our time. Like it's, it it sounds like people are loving this game so much. And it's so much fun. I haven't played it yet, but when it hits Xbox, I'll probably pick it up. But yeah, it's that's definitely a great idea, especially since you know Microsoft isn't is uh you know their kind of their console sales have been slow as of late. So I think it's a definitely a great idea to uh, make friends with the uh, creators of that game.
3: Well, it definitely reminds me of when they announced Ark Survival Evolved it would be a somewhat of a exclusive on the Xbox One, and they've got a Head Start as far as with gamers on that platform as well. And it worked out pretty good for them as far as uh, you know, in early access and becoming a full-fledged game there. So I see that type of migration as well. Is it enough to move the needle? Well, I'm not sure yet because as we stated previously on the PCC Multiverse, Xbox One X, Xbox One S, doesn't matter. The whole thing needs a lot of help because last month's, sales are an in the indication, the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 4 were running neck and neck as far as who would be coming out on top with Xbox One, a distant third, which is a shame because like I said, the Xbox One S seems to be, at least for me, probably the best value out there as far as what it can do for the money. But the PlayStation 4 is still a very solid system and even the Switch as well and now that the Switch is becoming a great deal more available, because I'm starting to see it available everywhere, the sales for that should even pick up more as well. So, Xbox definitely has its hands full coming out this season with all this stuff that's coming out, including, you know, like I said uh, earlier, the new Xbox systems and also, as well, the Project Scorpio Xbox One X. If you got a chance to look at it, Josh, was it impressive to you as far as something maybe that you might be interested? In as far as at least the limited edition is concerned. Yeah, but like I said, I
4: like right now I don't have the 4K. I don't have anything that supports 4K. I, I know it'll work on a plain TV, but
3: you won't get the resolution. You won't get the full. No yeah.
4: Problem. So I, I think when I finally upgrade my, uh, you know, my my TV and my all my other stuff that. definitely be a console i'm interested in but for right now i just i don't have any reason to buy it
3: and then by that time it'll probably be reduced to 399 do you think
4: oh yeah definitely it's if, if i correct me if i'm wrong but i know when consoles first come out like they don't stay at that top price point for too long before they drop to a lower more affordable rate
3: unless your name is nintendo unless your name is nintendo
4: and you still can't get your latest console
3: Exactly, because uh, even Wii U bundles and Wii U sales are are still asking for outrageous prices on a system that is no longer being manufactured, that only sold roughly ten to fifteen million in the first place. So you know, that's Nintendo. So uh, you know, argue with what they're doing, but that seems to be a successful formula for them. So that's uh, that's them. But Xbox you know, there, there's still some, some stuff down the line, you know, see if these we've talked about as far as State of Decay 2, that's also something that could be down the line, something worth having on the Xbox One platform. And there's also, the you know, the latest Forza, which looks really, really good. I know Josh and I got a chance to take a look at it at E3, and that really was impressive. And there's, like I said, there's there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that coming to the Xbox One, which differentiates it, but does it really make it stand out as a system? Not quite sure. And there's also, even though there's announced 100 games that will be bumped up to you know, reflect the Xbox One X's power, and be able to to harness that power, that's great news, but there's still really no game that's that's really been made for it that's gonna come out that's gonna really, oh, just give it that, that, you know, leading edge, got to have it system seller. So it's still up in the air as far as the future of the Xbox One X, but pre-orders are available for it now. It's $4.99, so if you're interested in it, you just go ahead, pre-order right away while you still can and i tell you what, uh, it is going to be interesting to see if people will buy that console at that elevated price range, or will they stick to a little bit cheaper options such as the Switch, the PS4, and also as well the Xbox One S. What are your thoughts on Xbox at Gamescom? Did you like all the announcements they had? Did you think there was not enough? Are you kind of worried as an Xbox fan that there's not enough software or games to support a new system are you interested in in purchasing it now the xbox one x or are you going to wait down the line just like josh and most likely myself as well share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos humanica media and game source on facebook and twitter as well We've got a great show again lined up for you. Like I said, Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Dirt Podcast will be joining us a little bit later in the show to talk some more fantasy football strategies, plus a whole lot more. But first, we've got our good friend, Chad, with Hyperschmidt. It's another great song, and this is About to Win, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Waiting just to see the light When
5: did this become a fight? Struggle just to fill my lungs with it Staring at the finish line The darkness running out of time I'll do what it takes to get you there
0: listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials
3: For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture head on over to our brand new site www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and we're back with the pop culture cosmos my name is Gerald glassford from pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And if for some reason you cannot hear us on the podcast radio network, it's okay. There's no problem. We've got a myriad of places you can go to download or stream the episodes including iTunes, TuneIn, the Ace Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts of course, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, The ESO Network, The Tangible Network, The Gunna Geek Network, Cast Crunch, Social Podcasts, and PopCultureCosmos.wordpress.com. Whew, that's a great lineup indeed of places you can download and stream the podcast. And if you do, we always throw a bonus in there for you, kind of like a two-for-one podcast interviews, extra stuff in there for you. Just for listening, Josh, I'll tell you what, we watched The Defenders, although you've got one episode left at this point in time, although I know you're going to knock that out in no time. We've still got a lot to talk about when it comes to Defenders. It debuted on Netflix this past week and it's been the talk of the comic book world, so to speak. So, Josh, I want to get your thoughts first on The Defenders on Netflix what was leading up to it, but really how oh, it laid out itself as a series to this point in your eyes, as far as the Defenders, did it meet all the hype or did these street heroes, as they're commonly referred to, not quite meet up to what was expected? You know, I don't know,
4: man. I'm, I'm, I, I guess I need to finish it, but like right now I feel like the the story was very rushed. Like We didn't really get a lot of... Um, character development i want to say it seems like electro kind of just thrown in there for a plot point or plot
6: device i guess
3: yeah and also as well they're they're expecting you to see the previous shows for, as to understand everything that's going on within the universe although in the case of iron fist maybe you really didn't need to know that as well because he keeps reiterating his basic plot points in his series
4: right and, and i know like I've heard, the one complaint I've heard is the is about the Iron Fist, but he's kind of, I don't know, a lot of people don't get that. Like, he is, without him, there wouldn't be Kun Lun or the Hand or any of that stuff. That the, Those are his, they exist because he exists. But, yeah, it's. I, I felt like the the story is super rushed, and there's a lot of things they're doing just for the sake of doing them, and I'm kind of curious, like, what went into the process of that or if there was even really... A, uh, I, I, you can tell there's a formula they're trying to copy with the Avengers. Like they, they start out fighting together, and then they had, you know, they're big falling out, or everyone's turned against each other, and then eventually they're you gonna know, start working together again. But it's, you know, it seems like there's a lot of characters, like it, especially like Jessica Jones. I, I know people like her a lot, but she's severely underutilized. I know she kind of uh, cracks open the whole thing in the beginning, but it seems like she spends of the show just getting her butt kicked.
3: I just thought it was not really a good eight episodes all the way around. I think there may have been some, some slight high points, but for the most part, it was pretty much a downer as someone who is, you know, coming into the Netflix Marvel series, as far as uh, trying to embrace it, this basically like the ABC series, or it's just getting me right back on out because there were a lot of boring parts. I, I'm just not going to just yeah i'm I'm just not gonna really dance around it it was just almost every episode had immensely boring parts uh some of it was poorly scripted some others parts there were poor direction some of the fights that were choreographed were like almost in the dark which were meant to be fast to follow and it's um yeah
4: that that got me and I, i didn't like how they wanted to throw all these characters like all the side characters from each show into this show but they didn't give them anything to do except put them in a room. The whole thing with like Matt, it it took that, I was hoping that they would flesh that relationship out between him and Foggy and Karen more in Daredevil season three, but they kind of took it here in this show and they stuck it in a blender and they didn't really uh, show any reconciliation as as much as it was just like a sudden understanding of like, Oh yeah, Matt needs to do this. So,
3: And, and why did I need to be scared of Sigourney Weaver's character anyways?
4: Yeah, and they were hyping her up like she was the big baddie, but spoiler alert, you know what happens. I don't know, and I feel like the hand, like having them only wanting to live forever, like no other purpose beyond that kind of feels like a a waste of time.
3: And the way the series ends, okay, this battle for New York didn't seem like it was a battle for New York. It seemed like a battle for one building. And that, to me, didn't. It seemed very for something that started out and had such monumental hopes in the beginning, seemed to fizzle out by the end. So you know, I know there's an ultimate end goal to it, but and it really just the consequences for everyone involved weren't really there. There's another spoiler. Only one individual involved in the entire series, as far as on the good guys side, really meets any true long-lasting harm and i'll leave it at that so it was pretty much a inconsequential series as a whole and just, a, just to me a major disappointment as far as something i was excited for them all teaming up there were brief moments in time like in the chinese restaurant and again spoilers there was some really good interaction there but that just basically dragged out for an entire episode even more and it was supposed to take place over an entire day, with almost day, which, uh, or in this case, almost an entire night. Which I hope you're paying everybody that was working that restaurant, you know, overtime for that, and uh, just basically, and also the boardroom. There was a boardroom sequence as well, which I know you can see some of that in the trailers, which I mean, was that, pretty that, good. That was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. But those were like, you know, two moments I could, I could tell you pretty much out of an entire eight episode series. Like I said, there was also a a fight sequence somewhere in the series. I won't mention where that was one of the, it it was not like it was supposed to be meant to be a dark scene. It was supposed to be meant by the audience to be viewed and seen, but it was so poorly directed and poorly lit in in a way that it, it didn't show off any of the moves and coordinated attacks for the heroes. And it kind of, disappointed on that level as well. And the hand itself, as far as the ultimate end goal and the ultimate end result for the hand uh, on how they either had gained the upper hand or suffered any demises was really kind of uh, um, almost ended out on a whisper as well. So I don't speak very highly of it. And I'm very sad to, to say that because I really had high hopes for the series coming in. Uh, I specifically got Netflix with the Impetus to to check out the Defender series as a whole. So, any last thoughts on the Defender series from you, Josh, and and what they can do at Marvel and Netflix to maybe get back on the right track? I uh, I mean I would
4: you have you're you're literally being handed the source material. You're being handed the comic books that people know and love, and all you gotta do is follow the formula on the pages to make it good. And I'm not saying I'm not going to give defenders another try, like if they go into a second season of it, but I'm just saying there's like, it's hard to screw it up. To me, I look at it the same way I look at Suicide Squad was the fact that you were handed all of this great material and you, you managed to screw it up. Like how, how does that happen?
3: And another thing I want to ask: Does Luke Cage in his wardrobe just have those jackets with the hoodies just all lined up? You know, and no matter how many bullet holes goes in one, he just got another one re- to replace it. The same, pretty much the same ill. Because that is that correct? Or I don't know. I don't know how that works with you know all that because you know he is awesome. Him as an actor, I thought was pr- was really pretty good. I think he was the best of the bunch the most impressive. The one His story was the one I connected with most, but man, you know, he would always, I know he's got to be in that hoodie all the time, correct, uh, per his character, but, you know, he would have bullet holes in one scene, and then it, all of a sudden, it's just fine right after, so I don't know. I, I can't get that process as well, but he was probably the best performance out of any one of them, or at least the one that I actually thought had any retainable value going forward uh, but that's just just my eyes who who did you think fared out the best in the series
4: oh well, i mean like i said i haven't finished it yet i'm i'm always like super partial to daredevil just because i think of the four he's got the most intriguing story and the most you know the, it has the most layers to it but yeah i mean i like luke cage i'm not a huge fan of jessica jones and i'm you know i'm whatever about iron fist i did i didn't think his show sucked i you know i'm probably one of the few people who didn't think that but yeah, I mean, Daredevil
3: is definitely my favorite. Uh, at this point in time, I thought with Iron Fist, uh, just he kept reiterating a story over and over and over again, as far as with you know, as exposition in the Defenders. It's like, okay, we get it, we know how you got to this point, we know how you got to the point, we know what you're supposed to do, we know you failed. Okay, that's great, that's great, and it kept reiterating it almost on every other episode early on. It's just okay, I get it, I get it. And then with Jessica Jones, she's angry at the world. We get that as well. And, and yes, she drinks a lot. Yes, we know that as well too. But I just wanted to see more of her character given a chance to even flow even more. But her investigative skills were not even put to the test really a whole lot in the, the series as well. Just a few minutes here and there. And I think that would have been even a more interesting angle to go through if it had been expanded more. And with Daredevil, Am I wrong? But did he seem kind of whiny in the in some of those episodes, as far as trying to you know stay out of battle and and not get into this whole mess?
4: Yeah, that was weird to me. They never said like in the end of the last one, they never said that he had like permanently hung up his thing. I know he just stopped doing it because it you know of what happened to Electra. But like here, they didn't make it clear like that he had you know had an arrangement with his friends or the support of his friends to help him get through this stuff and it was... I don't know the the fact that they had to coax him back into fighting because that's, that's just, that's daredevil. That's what he likes to do. It's kind of a, and it also feels like a tired storyline that we've seen in a lot of other comic book related things.
3: And I know it's his success. That's the success of his show that really got the ball rolling for the entire series to take place. And people seem to love daredevil so much. So that's why I was kind of disappointed with his turn in this series of episodes. So like I said, Defenders really as a series, I'd say, unless you have the Netflix subscription or any, maybe you want to see it, but I don't think it's really worth it. I, I put it as a thumbs down at this point in time. I know Josh is, you know, he hasn't seen the last episode, but he's not very far behind me from what it sounds like, so what are your thoughts on the defenders do you think it's a great great showing for marvel or do you think like us that maybe there could be a lot of room for improvement in this continued marvel netflix love fest and do you think this will affect the future of their shows going forward share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos humanica media and game source on facebook and twitter as well
0: Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films.
3: And we're back here on the show. This is Gerald Glassford from from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. We thank you so much for listening and oh my goodness, it's a great joy indeed because it is that time of the year again as well. Fantasy football has now grown to, to such a, like a almost like a mega industry all of its own and with all the drafts pretty much taking place right around now over the next few episodes that we're going to have on. Who better to talk a little bit about fantasy football than our new guru of fantasy football, Tyler Baker of DKLegends.com, and also as well, the Fantasy Football Pay Dirt Podcast. How are you today?
6: I am well. I'm very well. Football season is back. Training camp is happening. Preseason is happening. It's football season. It's fantasy football season. And I am just so excited. I'm excited to be on your program. Thank you.
3: Okay. Everybody loves going for the top picks and everybody Mm -hmm. seems to know and have the, they look on their their sheets, whether it's your draft sheets or someone else's and they, they have their top players and the the rounds seem to go one by one, uh, you know, somewhat according to the plan. Then it gets to about the fourth, (laughs) fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth ninth round where that's where you see all the head scratching begin and you see the the decision making and and that seems to separate the pros or the people that are knowledgeable as opposed to the people that are just playing it casually you know like who is this guy should i take him maybe he had a good season last year Mm -hmm. it seems like i looked at his stats and whatnot he seems to be okay even though i have no clue so what advice do you give people out there in the later rounds as the league continues to unfold in your draft what are some of the sleepers because i know everybody that plays fantasy football has their choice in sleepers what are some some good sleepers that that you think might rise to the occasion in fantasy football this year
6: and you're absolutely right after those first couple rounds like your draft strategy goes out the window that that's just what happens every year and a lot of Uh, advisory sites will give a like a top 300 I didn't do that because when you get into those rounds you really need to look at the positions on your roster and then you need to um, value the positions that you're light at uh, more so than others so it's really is a kind of a balancing a juggling act Uh, but I do have a article on dklegends.com and it's the 2017 fantasy football value picks and that is updated constantly so what i do is there is a site that monitors all of the fantasy hosting sites like ESPN and Yahoo. They monitor those and see where guys are being drafted. And that stat is called the ADP. That is the average draft position of a player. So what I do every day is I look at the ADPs and I find guys that are good value. And every day or two days, I will update this article. And right now I still have Kirk Cousins. He's going the eighth pick in the eighth round in a 12-team league. Uh, Philip Rivers, still in the 10th round. And uh, so if you're looking for value, and if you're looking for a guy that could possibly start on your team, you can check this article out. Uh, but I would recommend having a good set of rankings. So when you get in those middle rounds, if you have good rankings with you, you can feel confident that if you're looking and you only have one running back or you only have one wide receiver, you can get on my rankings and get a really good receiver. I, the way I do my rankings, I rank them according to how I would pick them in a draft, and it took me a long time to figure this out, but if – If you're looking at a guy, I don't like him as much as the guy above him, but I like him better than the guy under him. So uh, I would recommend having some really good, Uh, rankings. Now, as far as wide receiver, we talked earlier about maybe waiting on a wide receiver. And I have a couple guys that you can get late that I think are sleepers. I think one of those guys is Pierre Garçon. Now, Pierre Garçon is kind of in the latter part of his career, but he is being reunited with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Washington when Pierre Garçon had a career year in 2013. And Kyle Shanahan's offense, uh, the X receiver or the number one receiver – the whole offense revolves around the X receiver. So that X receiver is targeted a lot. So I'm expecting now, and San Francisco is not expected to be a good team. Now, when you have a bad team, especially a team with a not so good defense, you can expect that that offense is going to be throwing the ball a lot because they, the game scripts are going to determine that because the 49ers are going to fall behind and they're going to have to pass a lot in order to stay in games and that means a lot of volume and a lot of opportunity for pierre garcon right now he is going in the eighth round i think he's going to be a solid number two receiver i think as long as he can stay healthy he's going to have a very high floor and by floor i mean uh... Every week, he's going to have a really nice stat line. It might not be the highest out there, but that is steady production. And he's also being married with a former Kyle Shanahan quarterback in Brian Hoyer. And watching how Brian Hoyer, he's kind of up or down, but he is familiar with this offense and he is capable of putting up good numbers. So I think in the eighth round, you are not going to find a better receiver than Pierre Garçon, especially in PPR leagues also Tyrell Williams in LA I almost called him San Diego for the LA Chargers this is a guy that people just I don't know why they're not on to him I think the experts are but Tyrell Williams had a very good year last year he had over a thousand yards and he almost came on as the season progressed when they lost Keenan Allen and they didn't quite know what to do with that offense, Philip Rivers really keyed in on Tyrell Williams, and Tyrell Williams is really coming to his own. I think he is going to be the top target for Philip Rivers this season, and he's going in the ninth round. So there's two guys right there. If you wanted to stack up on running back early, get a good quarterback early, maybe one of the good tight ends early, there are receivers in the later rounds that you can go get and they're gonna give you very good production at a very, very good cost.
3: That's very, very sound advice indeed. And I will tell you firsthand, that, you know, for on the Pierre Garçon side, with, like you said, with San Francisco not being a very good team, even the worst teams has to have some type of production from somewhere. And uh, that's actually a good spot. And. I know he's produced before when he was with the Saints so it's still even at the latter part of his career he can still maybe pull something out of the woodwork and like you said they'll be throwing a lot because they will be behind a lot during the course yeah, of the season. They,
6: and and there is a word for that in fantasy football circles and it's called garbage time. So even though in the context of the game itself it doesn't matter because these teams are losing so it's garbage time but in fantasy it's just about the stats. It doesn't matter who wins or loses it's just about the stats and so you're right guys on bad teams especially receivers and quarterbacks on bad teams actually still have pretty good fantasy value because of the second half of those games when the team is down and they have to stay competitive or fans are going to buy tickets so they're going to be throwing the ball they're going to be taking chances so garbage time and fantasy is actually a really good thing
3: again that is just some really really good thoughts right there from tyler baker from the fantasy football pater podcast you can catch it uh, i'll tell you what if you have not listened to it yet you you need to listen to it to get all the information that you, you can on fantasy football it's available on itunes and libsyn and then also as well check out all of his articles on dklegends.com including his draft kit which I'm assuming if you've not taken your fantasy football draft yet, you need to have right there at your side before you go and draft on any entity, whether it's Yahoo, ESPN, what have you. So definitely if you are in the realm of whether you're someone who who knows fantasy football, has played many years, or even someone who's just started, definitely the Fantasy Football Pay Dirt Podcast and Tyler Baker's articles on DKLegends.com is definitely the place you need to go to for all the latest information on fantasy football. Tyler, it's been great having you on today's show. We truly appreciate you being part of the pop culture cosmos as well.
6: Thank you very much.
3: (laughs) Awesome, awesome. That's our fantasy football guru. It is Tyler Baker from DKLegends.com and also the Fantasy Football Pay Dirt Podcast. And we thank him so much for being now a part of the pop culture cosmos
4: hi this is josh from ghost toasters and
0: you're listening to the pop culture cosmos if you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games we can help retro city games in henderson nevada only five minutes from the las vegas strip has all your favorite gaming staples classics and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves
3: And we're back with Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Joe Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate it. You being part of the broadcast here today. Josh, I know the box office weekend was still in somewhat of a gear. I don't want to say high gear because as we wind down these weeks in August, as we noted earlier in the month, we thought this would be not the greatest month in the world as far as for box office sales. Hitman's Bodyguard, starring Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, still garnered some uh, box office dollars, earning over $20 million roughly at the box office this weekend. But for a movie that really was not critically highly praised, uh, it still managed to score well, well over Logan Lucky, which had a lot of better... Thoughts and, and admiration from critics around the country, but still massively disappointed with under $10 million this weekend at the box office. So I ask you, Josh, when you see things like that happen in the box office universe, what does that tell you about fans' interests? And and you know, we've also go back and forth as far as the weight these review sites have, like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and whatnot. What does that tell you as far as what audiences' habits could be in regards to films like these here in late August?
4: Well, I know that Logan Lucky, right? It it was certified fresh by Rotten Tomatoes.
3: Yes, it has a very high score. It's one time in the 90 percentile range. So it actually scored very well with critics.
4: Yeah, and I think that goes to show you, I know we've talked about this before, but people like original ideas like they like original content they like to there is still a demand for movies that aren't franchise related or part of the superhero brigade i look at it the same way i look at baby driver you know it was a it was a good movie that wasn't attached to anything it just it existed and people liked it
3: but logan lucky unfortunately did not meet a good weekend at the box office and really disappointed as far as not even making 10 million dollars it was kind of actually promoted and distributed in a different fashion than normal distribution and, and promotional matters in regards to the different ways Steven Soderbergh tried to distribute the film. This is his first film coming back in, in quite a few years, directing as far as from a major motion picture standpoint is concerned. So I know that there was a different style and a different way that they tried to approach marketing and distributing the film. But what does that tell you when a, when a film that's panned like hitman's bodyguard does so much better so much better almost three times as much as a, a film that has a fun premise and you know has good word of mouth from the critics like logan lucky you know that's that's an interesting
4: point i know uh because it went up against hitman's bodyguard and that was kind of ryan reynolds is it both ryan reynolds and samuel jackson are, are huge actors whereas you know we 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 know and love like pierce brosnan and um Adam Driver because we were fans of Star Wars and James Bond. But you mean James?
3: Of, you mean Daniel Craig?
4: Daniel Craig, yeah. Sorry, um, but outside of those Star Wars and James Bond, like they're they're not exactly known for many other things. They're they're talented, actually trained actors, but they're as far as like they haven't been in a lot of things that have been presented to the mainstream audience outside of their big franchises. So I can see like how that would be a hard sell, but. At the same time, like it's, uh, Baby Driver didn't do so hot when it first came out, so I think you know we we still have some time to, you know, see the movie and make some money. But yeah, if the, if the critics like it, it's probably going to end up being one of those like cult hits, like Boondock Saints was, where it'll it'll build a following, and then once it hits like a home video, it'll uh, the, the sales will start to it'll start to gain momentum a little more.
3: I hope so because I think it's a great premise. I still think that Logan Lucky can do well in its afterlife, like you said, in home video, television and whatnot, because there is precedent for that. And in fact, Blade Runner 2049 got a sequel so many years later because it did so well over the years as a cult favorite on various video platforms. So that's something definitely to look forward to if that's the case. I'm just kind of disappointed that a film that does have good word of mouth like Logan Lucky with critics doesn't get supported in the way that maybe a Hitman's Bodyguard did that has not so good word of mouth but has bigger name stars in like you said Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L Jackson so we'll have to wait and see if that continues a the trend then again earlier The Emoji Movie, when that debuted, people were just harping about how that movie, with its low critical acclaim, still managed to go ahead and do so well at the box office and outperform better movies at the box office. So that's always a pattern. I know marketing is a key and how it's marketed a film is. It, that's always a key as well. So there's always different factors in the way what makes a film a success and what makes a film not perform the way it should at the box office, no matter how good it is. So, always some key factors there as well. What are your thoughts on this weekend's box office? Did you get a chance to see The Hitman's Bodyguard and also, as well, Logan Lucky? Did you get to see either one? What are your thoughts? Did you like it? Did you not get a chance to see both where you're not even interested as far as in either movie we'd like to hear that as well and why share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos Media, and game source on facebook and twitter as well check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc multiverse
0: I would say Rogue One has a more worn feel, and I love it for that because it looks a lot like New Hope, where everything isn't shiny and plastic like the Star Trek films.
1: We always talk about timelines and the franchises that we love, and now it's kind of like, okay, now we're going to do a Han story, now we're going to do Obi-Wan story. People do
4: still like to go into movies and watch things that are different, watch things that are not related to superhero
6: franchises. With him, you might get the Russell Westbrook thing. Kevin Durant leave, and he goes, I'm not going anywhere. This is my team. So I'm late off it for the long haul.
0: If you're into, like,
2: very strategic-style games and the co-op games in general, it's a highly recommended game overall.
0: I answer the sense of depth and personality that would escalate fighting games to a higher degree. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show.
4: And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts.
3: And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options and we're back with the pop culture cosmos this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today as we close out the show josh it's been a great episode indeed and i do want to thank everyone for being part of the broadcast here today but josh before we head on out what's going on with your awesome channel known as humanica media
4: yeah, we have a new. What about this coming at you tomorrow? Uh, I know we it's been a took some time off, and the guys are all back in town, so we recorded an episode Saturday, and it sounds. It's going
3: to be like, like what's this show? You know, yeah, it's like
4: a brand new podcast. Plus, with the new audio quality, it, it literally does sound like a new podcast. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we have new Super BS as usual, which is our only weekly podcast, and we have. If you haven't had a chance yet. Check out Gardens of the Geek, which is available now on podcast.com, soon to be on iTunes, and then Topic Topicocalypse. Uh, I'm hoping to have one out next week. And as always, contact the humanikins on the podcast radio network
3: at 7, 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on the podcast radio network. Right, yes. Okay, that's a lot of great stuff indeed. And also as well, check out the Humanikin Media channel on youtube and also as well check out all the great stuff on his facebook and twitter accounts to see all the great things that are going on there as well well actually i wanted to add just ended on one thing but i actually ended on two i know josh on the Humanity media channel you got a chance to go ahead and really check in and really do some great gameplay with hellblades as sacrifice so i want to get your thoughts on the game itself and if you would recommend it to people out there, I know we've talked about it on some previous episodes in a little bit of brief here and there, but I want to get your final thoughts on the game now that you have completed it already.
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, my review will be up here soon, but it's, um, you know, as, as for $30, like it's, you'd be dumb not to buy this game because it is terrifying. It's beautiful and it's terrifyingly beautiful. And it's, you know, it, it's not a it's not a complex game. It's, it's one of those games that's designed to tell a story and it's designed to, raise awareness for mental health, which, you you know, I can't go into much detail without spoiling it. So my review will have some spoilers in it. But yeah, you kind of, you, you get put in the shoes of somebody who is, a, it's an interesting take on it because you don't see a lot of, you know, mental health type things that take place in historical time periods. So you have, you know, what did they do to people who suffered from mental illness back then? So you find out in this game. There's a lot, a lot of uh, you know. It's it's kind of like God of War. There's puzzles and there's combat. There's no like level building. It's a very simple game, but it tells a very great story. And it, you know, and it even is like sinu as a character that by the end of it, you realize you're like, yeah, we we all like have have a piece of her like in us. Like we can relate to something of her struggle, which is really unusual for a video game. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, yeah, definitely. Pick it up because I I had a really great time with it. I haven't been that into a video game in a really long time.
3: And that review you will be able to find on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So check it out from Josh Peterson. That is Hellblade: as Sacrifice. His review on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So before we head on out, Josh, I wanted to hit you with one last pop culture thing before we head on out. And don't forget, next week on our Pop Culture Cosmos show, it is our one-year anniversary. I'm hoping to think we we can try and do something a little bit different from the norm, a little bit uh, special from the norm. We'll, we'll try to see what we can come up with. But until then, I want to leave you with this: The Jetsons. That's right. His boy Elroy. <laughs> that is coming back, possibly in as far as a live-action. TV series, I believe, and I believe Robert Zemeckis and also Family Guy writers will be involved with the show as far as from an executive producer and also a writing standpoint. So I ask you, Josh, uh, as someone who may or may not have experienced the Jetsons uh, as I did, is this something that you're interested in or is this something that really do you think will be able to reinvigorate another Old icon of pop culture I don't think so
4: man like I I, I watched the cartoon I grew up watching the cartoon on uh, Cartoon Network and Boomerang there is a huge call for nostalgia like as far as like cartoons and movies and TV shows go like it's obviously you know they're bringing back uh, Full House and Roseanne and they have uh, 90s cartoons like hey Arnold and Rocko's Modern Life are coming back and but this goes way back yeah this goes right right this goes way back but you know, if, if we've seen anything in, in the past like 5, 10 years is that whenever these, these big names, you know, you, you mentioned the family guy, writers, So whenever somebody like that gets their hands on an old IP and it, it's just a um, – it doesn't work out so well because they turn it into a raunch com but they don't realize is they have a market that will literally eat it up if you just make it the way that they want to see it.
3: I said I did watch it as well, the series, when you know, it, it obviously in reruns because both you and I weren't around at the time it was created uh, and actually appearing on television. So I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give it some leeway, but not much because I tell you, I'm not excited for it. I don't know why it's going to come around, and as a TV series, that's even a harder deal than making it a movie because you don't have the production on. Uh, let's say to cover for each and every episode, to because it's set in the future, and with all that stuff going on, you need a lot of special effects. From a personal standpoint, you, I think you would need a lot of special effects, and I'm not sure you're going to be able to get the kind of budget for that with a television series per se. And and I, I would think, how funny is it going to be, George getting himself in all these calamities? Like he, how well will that really translate into a 2000? 2018 2019 audience i'm not really sure as well but to me it probably would have worked better as maybe a comedy on the movies you know put a 70 80 100 million dollar on it and maybe it might have broken even worldwide but i don't know this is just uh something that should have been kept on the saturday morning cartoons long ago and that's just my opinion but We'll see. It may look good, so I may be proven wrong. But we've, as you and I've seen, all these properties that are coming to television that you and I both think need a lot of love and care that just can't get it being a television series because you're just not afforded the money. Maybe Star Trek Discovery, maybe some of these other properties, Marvels and Humans, will prove us wrong. But uh, you know, I, we'll have to wait and see. But the Jetsons coming back to television. Not something we were really waiting for, and not something I don't think many people really wanted as well. What are your thoughts on the Jetsons coming back to television? Share us your thoughts, pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Do you really want to see you know Jane and, and Elroy and and George and all the gang? Mr. Spacely and all that stuff, Spacey Sprockets. Do you want to see all that stuff? Can't believe I'm remembering all this at one time off the top of my head. It just seems incredible. But it, you know, do you really want to see all that? Share us your thoughts, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and and Comedia on Facebook and Twitter as well. do 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 Okay, I had to sing the rest of that song. But, Josh, it's been another great episode indeed. Uh, any last thoughts on the way out?
4: Uh, no, not right now. I think we we covered everything, but uh, yeah, if you could catch us on iTunes and leave us a review, that's kind of the currency of the realm for us podcasters, so that would be fantastic, and thanks for always tuning in to us week after week and helping us get to 50 episodes.
3: 51 with 52 next week.
4: Hey, a year of podcasting is something, though.
3: It is indeed, and and I, I want to say publicly, uh, I'll probably say it next week as well, but I want to thank you, my friend. I appreciate you being with me here side by side, even though we're in two different states. <laughs> I just appreciate all your help in doing this and coming up with this. And Rob McCallum and everyone. And I'm sure we'll all get misty-eyed next week as our one-year anniversary hits. But I truly want to thank you again. And it's truly appreciated to everyone out there that's helped us. I'll name everyone next week. And also, most importantly, you, the listener, for being by our side each and every week. It's all because of you. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day here in paradise, here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great
0: day.
6: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com.
2: Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com.
4: Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos
5: family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way.
4: Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.
5: Super super, super,
2: super, 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 BS (laughs) presents... I'm Brian. Nice talking to you guys. I'm super stoked that you guys agreed to do this. This is really, really cool. Yeah. Um,
7: It's been a crazy, crazy few days, (laughs) crazy week, actually.
2: (laughs) Yeah, sure, man. Whenever you get on Kotaku, like one of the most read blogs ever, it's bound to be insane. Yeah. Um, If it's cool with you guys, I'm going to jump right to it. Is that nice? Uh, Real quick, uh, if you guys mind saying your names. Uh, So I'm Jimmy, uh, the designer of uh, Wild Heart. Excellent. Uh, And...
8: I'm uh, Sam, one of the programmers there.
2: Oh, cool, Rad, and I'm Brian. Um, <laughs> you guys know who I am. <laughs> um, have you guys ever worked on any video games in the past? Um, so, we're both
7: at university in Falmouth doing like a digital games course. So, okay. like, basically, what you do on the course is like, uh, you all get in little like groups of twelve, and then you just sort of like make games throughout the years, and then you get marked on those games and like wild heart is one of the games that we work together on basically
2: so you guys finished that in a just a school semester or or a year or what
8: yeah the um we the uh, as the first year of the course you um you, your main project is a lot smaller over the space of just one semester um but this because this is one we made in second year we had from the start of the year till from September till April, May, to get it done and month.
2: You guys finished that whole thing in just, what would that be, nine months?
5: <laughs> yeah. We did, we did do a lot of work.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Have Did you guys ever work in Unity before?
7: Um, I I, I hadn't, I, like, just from the start of the course is when I started using it, and I don't know about Sam.
8: Yeah, no, I, th- I think for most of us on the team, the two years that we've been there is most of our experience in the engine
2: oh okay so you just started unity doing this and then you pretty much in nine months like bang this game out
8: yeah
2: yeah Th- there was some dis- <laughs> there were some disasters in the first year like to-
7: <laughs> we learned we learned some things from those
2: i assume <laughs> those aren't on itch or whatever you can't
7: find no. them. <laughs> they're, <laughs> hidden- they're hidden away in like the dark depths of the internet somewhere i
2: <laughs> totally understand man that's yeah i don't know you're always learning but still i mean this is an awesome like Kind of almost close to first effort since you guys are still in school. I've only played about uh, thirty minutes myself. I think I just got a second party member, like a I want to say. Ba- I have a fox, and I do you get a wolf next or a badger? I, I I've badger. got him. He's running around yeah. next to me. <laughs> yeah,
8: the badger the second one you pick up.
2: Yeah, I thought so because I got to the totem pole and I was just about to play more, and then I got the email. Hey, let's uh, let's chat. Well, anyways, I could you guys tell the people who are listening a little bit about Wild Heart?
7: We didn't sort of like come out with the idea of Wild Heart initially. Like, um, basically, we were in a team of about nine, and half the team was split one way, and half the team was split the other way with what game to go with for our game this year. So, like, half wanted this like big open um, puzzle like puzzle game, and use like elements to get through the level, and the other half wanted uh, like a tactics ship game, yeah, like a, a ship game, naval combat game, and then like basically. The design team and the art team couldn't agree, so we sort of mashed them together and then had the tactics game with the nature setting and then that's
2: sort of how wild heart came to be that's like excellent i I really really love the aesthetic to it it's really cool did, who was the artist part of your team as well, or did you guys have to outsource for that person
8: yeah we um because like the way the course is set up we um when they we get to pick and choose a little bit um but we're mainly put into teams and separated into groups that. For the most part, are covered by our roles. So we all have a couple artists, a couple programmers, and they try to fill out. So you have as many different skills across your team as possible.
2: Oh, so that's really really cool. So is this like a video game school that you guys are going to, or is this a like a video game course in a like a UK university?
8: Yeah, is, um, um, it, it's just a um, <laughs> the. The digital games course at uh, Falmouth University in Cornwall, South England, South West.
2: Okay, yeah. Okay, so actually, I should have asked that at the beginning. We <laughs> from, uh, uh, we're all from the UK here, and I'm from California. Um, yeah, this is this is really cool. How? So your team is twelve people.
7: I think it's uh, it's nine, and then we lost um, an audio person about halfway because, like, student financing reasons made him oh. leave our team, which is kind of sucky. So the, the music's like a mix of stuff he did and stuff we got online. Royalty-free stuff.
2: Yeah, some of it's really, really great. Like I love that trailer song. Did you guys did you guys make that? Was that something you just found? Like uh, I'm afraid we didn't make that, no. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I also like the the title screen song. Did you guys make that? We did actually make that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's it's bound to happen. Like there's you know, you have a lot of people going on, especially I mean, we did. Uh, I do a little bit of programming myself, and in my class, where we made a game, there were like three of us, and we could barely do like a text RPG in like a couple months. So, I, I mean, this is super incredible work. So, I'm, uh, I'm really, really impressed. What inspired you guys to make like this game, though? Like, what, what, like, are either of you guys big fans of tactical games, or, or what inspired you guys to do it?
7: At the time, I was pushing for a tactics game quite hard because I was playing Fire Emblem at the time. So,
2: which Fire? Emblem?
7: <laughs> Uh, awakening,
2: okay cool. What so
7: I, yeah, I, I wanted to do a tactics
2: game <laughs> What about you Sam? What's your uh, did you were you big on the tactics or were you okay? If it was a puzzle game or a tactics game.
8: I was um as Jimmy said before we, um our other one was the like kind of open island uh, Light puzzle and I think I was I was leaning towards that because I've been working more on the prototype for that game than um, the tactics naval battle okay. and I wasn't I didn't mind I don't think I, I was happy to work with either as long as we could come to all come to a conclusion and actually start working on a main project
2: yeah I mean it's it came together really really well so I'm glad you guys did switch this and you know I mean we'll we'll get to more about that later but I, I think the aesthetic and the tactics idea was really 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 smart because you guys might have gotten lost in a wave of puzzle games if you would have had that approach but I don't know what what your your end game was anyways it it was kind of nice because um like with like without throwing the
7: university lecture under the bus he he didn't really like one of them didn't really like wild heart when we pitched it to them and yeah. the pitch was a sort of disaster so oh. it's it's kind of nice how well it's turned out after sort of being told it wasn't it wasn't the right idea
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it really is a cool like game and idea that's i'm i am sure that's half of your guys's attention was just because people love tactics games and people love this really cool minimal art style i mean your your artist did some incredible work yeah that ace what games inspired Wildheart? i know you mentioned fire emblem have you guys played other tactical games that you guys really like (laughs) i think
8: um it's not quite in the same realm but we did very briefly look at the old super mario rpg Um, oh i love that (laughs)
5: that's
8: the best (laughs) when we first when we were first trying to put the combination of ideas together we did briefly look at that as a way of moving through an overworld and having these battles pop up um we just have to limit it so that they weren't as random we could make these encounters and have a couple per level but that was the kind of style that we wanted to aim for i think
2: i mean that's Uh, one one of the best games man you're shooting for the stars (laughs) right there i like hearing that what about you jimmy Um, I mean just sort of expanding on that like at
7: one point um, we had it so like the whole world was a grid And then you'd like move your animal you're gonna have like just moving on a grid throughout the entire game And then we cut that down to just having grids in the battles, and I think that worked quite well But um, other inspirations, I mean For me it was just Fire Emblem at the time. (laughs) It was just like an impulsive pick really
2: (laughs) Did you guys ever play Final Fantasy Tactics on PlayStation 1? I know of it, but I haven't played it. Okay, I just was wondering if that was a big inspiration because, it, it, I mean, it's very... I mean, it's like it's not obviously the first, but I would say almost like a godfather of the the popular tactical RPG genre. And that's what I... I, I got to play a little bit of this, but I, I didn't notice many RPG elements. Do they exist within the game? I think we were... When we first
8: started playing it out, we were going to try and introduce a very basic level system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we... Over the first like couple of months we realized this was pro- project was gonna be way too big and we weren't gonna be able to fit that in in time. Or and it would be not right.
7: And we like we quickly realized that balancing stuff with like increasing levels is a hell of a task. And yeah. we, with six months it's not really feasible.
2: No, it's it's totally understandable. I mean, what you guys did in six months, I I'm still amazed. So that I mean, that's totally time-wise limiting. And you're right, balancing RPG mechanics are oh so difficult but uh i, I was just curious because I, I saw that they had health meters and such so i just wasn't sure if there was a point where they get stronger or how that how that works um since i didn't get a chance to beat it how many levels or stages or worlds are there in um wild heart um there's th- there's three three like big maps for you to explore mm-hmm. and there's, i think there's
7: nine creatures so like the progression is just through picking up those creatures basically
2: yeah, I love the little trailer of <laughs> them all <laughs> running around on the map. And it's just, it's awesome. Who who made your trailer?
7: Uh, I did, actually.
2: <laughs> you did it? Did it in like yeah. Adobe Premiere
7: or? Uh, in this thing called DaVinci Resolve. I think it's, I haven't seen
2: it around very much, but I got it because it was free, basically. Okay. <laughs> and you just save the video from the game and then just edit it and splice it together? That Yeah, that sort of thing. Oh, wow, man. That probably took quite a bit of work. It, it really came out like super well. That's what really drew me to it. I, I saw the article and then I clicked on the trailer and it was really, really well done. Um, so, hey, what? this is something that a lot of my guys were wondering. What made you guys decide to go on the pay-what-you-want business model? Um, <laughs> well, well, like, basi- you go for it, Sam. <laughs> um,
8: there's a couple issues in the. that um, I, I think for me it was a lot of, I was still a little worried that there are some things that could go wrong. I know that it's very difficult to have it in a place where you know that nothing could go wrong, but I wanted to make sure that people who... People would still play it, and if something did go wrong, know that they... It didn't cost them to have something go wrong with it, in a way. Um, And then people who did enjoy it enough could still feel that they could give some money towards us for it.
2: Yeah. Um, And Jimmy? um, Well,
7: basically, just like... When we're charging money, when when we're charging a set price, there's like an expectation that it will actually work. And like the first like fifty copies or so that were downloaded, um, there were problems like riddled throughout those. Like I I think the sound wasn't working in a lot of them. Um, I think in your one actually it wasn't working as well. You mentioned, yeah, yeah. the Mac build as well. We didn't have up. There were a few. There were quite a few problems we've had to fix these uh, past few days. But it's the builds are pretty stable right now hopefully
2: (laughs) oh it it, it's very stable yeah i mean there was a couple sound issues here and there but honestly it it wasn't like bad i mean i've bought games on steam that have had similar issues (laughs) i I have a friend who can't even play undertale and i i I Uh, bought for him so like what was wrong what was wrong with it uh the sound wasn't working at all (laughs) in his copy so Uh, sounds the best bit (laughs) yeah so Oh, oh, that actually brings me to my question. Have you guys played any games recently? Like on like I don't know if you guys play console or PC more or uh, personally I've I've gotten back
8: into Overwatch again. I played it a lot when it came out and I, I dipped away from it uh, while at uni. Uh but now that I've come out again, I've really gotten back into it.
2: That game is awesome. Who do you like maining as?
8: I play I played a lot of Mercy when it came out, and now that I've come back to it, I, I do really still like Mercy, but Anna is maybe my favorite.
2: Anna's great. I really am a Farah person just because I love shooting rockets. Oh, I'm a Farah.
7: <laughs> I'm a Farah as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, just so much fun. Like you're yeah, just so flying around the map the whole time shooting rockets. <laughs> um, Jimmy, you mentioned Fire Emblem. Have you been playing any other games recently, or do you like um, is it, guess, your main go to?
7: Uh I've been sinking like uh like eighty five hours into Persona five recently. It's a good game. It's which a really good it, game. it's really good game, yeah. yeah. It it goes on a tad too long, maybe, but <laughs> I'm when I'm pushing thinking- through.
2: Yeah, when you're saying 85 hours and you're talking about a linear story RPG and you're saying you're not even done, yeah, it's, it's, too <laughs> I, I, had, I had to drop off around 40 hours myself just because I couldn't, I was, I'm back in school learning programming. I didn't have time to try to do persona and create, create stuff. It's, it's crazy. Like, you know, when your programming you takes so much work and so much time, which it, are you guys out of school then for good or are you guys going back in the fall? Um, when we, were, you-
7: we're, go- we're going back in like uh, a month to work on like a third year game now so we've got like some of the wild heart team with us in the third year and we've sort of planned out what game that's going to be and we're just going to this year third year we're going to spend a whole year working on this game oh that's so awesome ho- hopefully that might lead somewhere maybe
2: <laughs> i mean it's you've, i don't know you've got a lot of stuff going on but sam you were about to interject are you going back to school as well with jimmy or you did you? Uh,
8: think- yeah we'll, we'll be in the same team for um yeah. for next year with a couple other people a couple like the teams moved around a lot uh, between the years, so it's like half of our team, half of um, another team that was working on another game from our course.
2: I'm sure a lot of the teams were impressed with what you guys made, so I'm pretty sure you probably got a couple of people who are like, "Yeah, let's do something together next semester." <laughs> I highly doubt all of them came out as polished as yours guys your guys's game did. So I bet they would it. rather.
8: <laughs> what? A lot of them were really good. Um, like it's really nice to see what how like how much people can create within that time. Like um, yeah. I don't know if actually they are up on a site, but I think Falmouth is working to put a lot of the ones made this year and by the third years of the previous year um, together on a site somewhere, and I will I will try and find that quickly.
2: Oh yeah, if you guys can find that, please like shoot us the link and I'll, I mean, I'm still new to all this stuff, but I'm posting on all the social media <laughs> things that we have, um, which, you know, I mean, this is kind of something to do at the end, but I want to ask you guys now, because I, I never got a response. Do you guys have a social media site or anything? Because I mean, I'm sure with the amount of like recent interest in your games, like you probably have a lot of people follow you.
7: We've got um, we've got like a Facebook page, but um, we have, no. don't actually we, we, don't have, we don't have a Twitter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a Facebook page? No one uses that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys should think about doing like an Instagram or Twitter or something. Because mm. I think we have a Facebook page too, but I i just link all the other ones to it and drop them to the facebook (laughs) (laughs) never looked at it so yeah the the issue with it is because because we're
8: moving into a new team next year we're we're probably going to be dropping the wild heart like no the two ravens page and stuff so we weren't really, really sure what to do whether we should like branch out with it or just keep it to that facebook page and then move on with it next year
2: oh man too bad i think two ravens is a great like development studio name and i you know i don't know it's it's always great to have an umbrella term to cover all of your stuff doesn't yeah. you look for it it's
7: kind of sad that like this
2: didn't come up next year when
7: we were actually leaving uni because we've had like some like offers and things but like it's it's just not really the right time to do it unless we actually want to like leave uni and pursue it but that's pretty
2: risky. <laughs> that is a huge risk, and it, it might work out. I am still a big fan of like, hey, you know, I dropped out of school and went back after I did music for a long time, and I'm glad I got a degree. I don't really use it, yeah. but I'm glad I actually stuck <laughs> through it and like got the degree. So what are you guys' plans for Wildheart? I know you it was a uni project. Do you guys have any more plans, though? Are you going to patch it? Are you guys going to release it on Steam, put it on any consoles? Hopefully Nintendo Switch, which I love. <laughs> um we're we're
7: talking about maybe putting it on steam but um we're not really sure if that's the right thing to do since we've been giving it away for free up until now and if we put it on steam for like a 99p or whatever we'll have to also make the itchier one 99p so we're not really sure if that's fair for people that have bought it already
2: have you heard of a game called cave story (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> did, did that happen with Cave Story? <laughs> Cave Story was a freemiumware game that I just spent $30 for on my Nintendo Switch. But if I really, really wanted to play for free, I could find it like on the internet for free still.
8: Did they really re- release it for free
2: to begin yeah. with? Yeah, that was in huh. 2004. It was a free game. And then I want to say they first started charging for it with a Nintendo Wii version. I want to yeah, say it was yeah. So it's, I mean, like you guys could do it. You don't have to, but I just think... I mean, maybe it's not even that important anymore. But with the deluge of games coming out on Steam, I don't think anyone's gonna <laughs> gonna turn a like turn an eye to it. I, have you guys been following that at all? Like the Steam stuff? Like twenty seven hundred games released last month after <laughs> Steam Direct. Um,
7: Is- you go go <laughs> Uh, I I've been following it like slightly and just listening to like YouTubers talk about it and things. And um, I mean, it just releasing anything on Steam right now just seems just like you're you're just going to get lost into like the just the bin of steam basically if you release anything because i I think i read that like your game will stay on the new newly released thing for about like a day or two before it's just kicked off or an hour probably
2: yeah (laughs) so i don't know i don't think
7: even if we put wild heart on there, i don't think it would take off like it has on
2: itch what do you guys think of itch this is actually my first use of it i've never even i've heard of it but i've never used itch before I mean, it's got more freedom than Steam because you, like,
7: you can just upload it without paying the £100 fee to get it on there. And you can pretty easily change builds and things like we've we've gone through about five or six already and uh, pretty patch cool things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's like a service aimed at developers, really. So for us, it's pretty decent.
2: <laughs> Did you guys have any prior use to it? Like, Sam, have you ever bought anything or, or played anything on itch before? Um, this game. <laughs>
8: <laughs> no, like uh, joining the course um a year or two ago was the first kind of like introduction to this like really small stuff. And I've definitely I've had a look and I've played some games from itch before, but I've never like this is the first kind of like real involvement I've had with it.
2: Yeah, I also noticed like what you mentioned, Jimmy, about you being able to update really quick. I feel like I read a comment where someone was saying the Mac version wasn't working. And I thought I was going to have to run boot camp to play the game. And I played it like that day, the same day. Have you guys just been nonstop patching this game? Because like, I saw a Mac 1.0 up there and people were saying the Mac one wasn't there, or didn't work or whatever.
7: Um, what like, drew us into making the Mac version is that someone paid, uh, paid for a copy. And then they, they emailed me saying, um, I thought it was Mac. Like, Do you not have a Mac version? So then like, that day, I think Sam went into the union, made, made the Mac version. And then we got it up at that
2: night. Oh, that's awesome. Sam, was that a lot of work? Do you have to, or was it just like a different exporting process? Or, or how does that work?
8: Um, luckily, Uni, uh, sorry, Unity has, is really good with porting to different platforms. But then, there, are some, there were some issues that we ran into that I wasn't expecting. Like um, I've never actually used a Mac before until the other day. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize that um, they don't have a natural right click. Like yeah. Anywhere you press on the mouse is uh, left-click. So I had to rebind a lot of the, um, the controls to make it more smooth for Mac users. Well, uh, like
2: and stuff. Yeah, a lot of modern... Because I'm talking to you guys on an iMac right now. A lot <laughs> of modern... <laughs> sorry, guys, I'm that one user. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of Macs, nowadays, you can just set the right side of your mouse. But yeah, you're right. They don't have like a differentiated uh, mouse click unless you buy a PC-enabled mouse. Um, which you know, I don't think a lot of people are, are going to go out of their way to buy another mouse <laughs> <So> instead of just <laughs> use the one that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, it's easy to export. Brings me back to question again. Why not Nintendo Switch? I'm sure you guys can sell a ton of copies. <laughs> just put it on there. I got one. I'll take it with me on the go. Play it. I mean, I
7: would love to, but, <laughs> I mean, we don't really know how to get it to, like, PlayStation or Xbox or anything, really. We just know PC.
2: <laughs> but doesn't Unity have an exporting process for PlayStation and Xbox, though? Or it has for
8: consoles, um, but I'm not sure. Like, like with the Mac one, there are a couple of unexpected issues that comes up along with uh, binding of controls. I think we would have to, um, like, we'd have to keep in mind when we were building it first that someone would be able to use a controller and stuff like that. So I'm not sure. It it would be really cool, but I think yeah. because of our just like lack of experience at this point, I don't yeah. think that's going to be achieved.
2: I know. I understand <laughs> because you have another project coming up in what, September. So you have one more month yeah. of relax. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. This actually is the big one. The big question that I think, you know, I've been dancing around this whole time. How did this Kotaku article affect any of this stuff and how long did it take between you guys putting this game up on itch and Kotaku finding out about it? Did you guys contact them?
7: I can get the analytics stuff up actually. And,
2: uh, a quick look um
8: it was only um it was only really a couple of days after we had posted it up on itch i think
2: yeah did they, did they find you did you guys have someone who contacted them like um i think i was just
7: looking for wild Heart on google and then i just saw the kataku article
2: yeah
8: i think they found us I...
2: that is amazing it, <laughs> it probably has like a lot of games that are released weekly too right yeah it it's been pretty amazing
7: 'cause it's been hanging around at like the eighth spot on like the popularity and stuff. It's actually sinking away right
2: now, but <laughs> for a it's, while it was. <laughs> I mean it's still even like for several weeks or whatever, that's I mean nowadays that's in it's super impressive feat to have a game that's even in the top t- even in the top a hundred popularity.
8: Yeah, it it's been crazy. I honestly don't know <laughs> how it's yeah. merged together.
2: Who do you remember if it was Heather or who who found you guys?
7: Uh, I mean, yeah. no, no one actually got in contact with us about it. <laughs> they just did
2: an article on
7: it and then we just found the article and that was it.
2: <laughs> you guys should contact them. I'm sure they'd love to talk with you guys. Like, I mean, that's really, you know, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm like being, you know, naive, but I, I think that's really, really cool that they did that and I think they'd love to hear from you because that's uh, them just choosing a game at random is, you know, they're one of the top, I want to say they're, the fourth top red or third top red news like video game news site maybe even number one now mm-hmm. so it's, it's definitely
7: something like we should consider yeah
2: did, was everybody nice, team like super stoked about it like just like jumping like super excited the second that you guys like send an email out or whatever you did to announce it I mean,
7: we've got like a facebook chat with like the team in and it. it's just like it was just going nuts when we said about that <laughs> just like constantly buzzing
2: yeah <laughs> Did it go from like zero to a hundred then in sales, like probably almost immediately? Because, you know, like I said, I was drawn from that article. So
7: um, I think that day our views, like I've got it here, that day, but the day before we had like two hundred and sixty views, and then the day after we had one thousand five hundred. Oh so <laughs> wow! It, it really did boost it
2: yeah it's just such a such a cool thing i think a lot of that has to do man with just your the logo and the aesthetic like i everybody's a fan of red wall man everyone knows it everyone loves it um but no that the animal like fighting thing it's it's great it's it's not super extra violent and it's got a really peaceful feel to it um i think there's a lot of really cool things about it and you guys made a really really good choice
7: yeah thanks <laughs> i mean um well, we were we were joking a lot about during the making it that it was like we didn't want to go for the Watership down approach <laughs> and yeah. go for the like the more jolly like Disney ish look.
2: Yeah, for sure. There's enough games where it's just a guy shooting another guy or a guy with a sword doing you know, and those games are great too. But I just feel like they're a lot harder to be to stand out in a world where there's tons of those. Um, do what uh, you know, Irie asked if you guys have any plans after this. But after you guys finish uni, are you guys hopefully going to, you know, stay in the games industry or, or what's the, what's the hope there? What's the, what's the plan? If you can plan that far ahead for you, Sam, we'll that, start with you.
8: <laughs> I think that's everyone's, because a lot of us are there solely for like game development, regardless of the aspect whether writing our art, art, uh, programming stuff. Um, I think that's everyone's hope is to someday like continue into the industry when they leave, um and find like either create a new company or join an existing one um there the uni at the moment does offer another program for our course once we've finished that allows us to um start a team and try to work in a group to create another product after we've finished it's more of a it's more of the business side of things it's um like a masters business degree uh <laughs> like a business masters um and I think that's something to shoot for yeah at least for most of us. Um, and then if not, just try and hope to create something for ourselves. How about I, you, I think, you I think
7: like... Um, yeah, like that, that scheme is really good. But and I think there's also maybe the possibility of like, if we can get like a bunch of really devoted people, maybe try and starting in a studio ourselves, but there's like a lot to consider there, And I don't know the business side of it at all. So it would take a ton of research and things to like, even consider that, but, that may be a possibility
2: <laughs> use that wild heart money man <laughs> hopefully, it not, hopefully it was not a whole bunch of people just downloading a game for free that is always the risk with the pay what you want model and i'm sure a lot of people did not pay <laughs>
5: yeah
8: <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice it's been really nice to get it out there and have people that just experience what we were able to make like it's really nice to just have people <laughs> look at what you made
2: yo yeah it's excellent man and, and what you guys did is really special um it's it's you know it's i i i'm a big fan of that i run a rock band and my group's name is pack wild animals so i'm a big animal (laughs) fan like it's uh i I just loved everything about it and um it's it was so cool and i it is a great experience to share that with other people um and i'm glad that you guys were able to like make such a huge impact because this has been such a really really cool endeavor that you guys have done which you know, I, I want to ask like for anybody, I'm not sure how many people, but anybody who's listening who would like to get into the games industry, what what advice would you give people like that? Cuz I mean, I know you guys aren't totally in the industry yourselves yet, <laughs> but you kind of are on a very good upward trajectory. You're on like the best uni student trajectory <laughs> I could imagine. I
8: think I think so doing something like this is I'm not sure whether it's the best way, but I think it's a really good way to learn the basics if you haven't touched like a lot of us hadn't touched the engine before and the course at the beginning went through us went through with us unity and now i think with the new students they're also if you want to you can branch into unreal so you're not just limited to um doing unity stuff and as well they've got another course that just just does just programming that they're trying to mix in with um those groups in case they're running along programmers um this is a really good way to have the time and resources to try and create something and get that out there, and then with that kind of um, exposure, I guess you you have that momentum, and then the skills that you've learned through the process of making these
2: games. And um, do, do you know if they have this university anywhere else, or is it just a, a, U- a southern UK university? Or <laughs>
7: it's it's like an actual arts university um, in in England, and um. Like, I think the games courses only started two years ago, but, like, already they've, like, expanded it into a full-on games academy at Falmouth University now. So there's multiple courses now going for it, and then they all sort of, like, cross over together, and you all can help one another out.
2: Oh, that's excellent. So I know, Sam, you're the lead programmer. Do you program primarily in Java, C Sharp, C++? What language do you like?
8: Uh, C Sharp. I haven't really had any experience in other languages. I've been trying to... Um, as I've come out of uni this year I've been trying to look at some other language just to get a more basic knowledge of like other if I were to work in other engines and stuff Well,
2: but. I mean honestly man if you can learn one it's just the syntax um, <laughs> Only totally get the others I've I've been learning several myself and they're very very similar <laughs> in the end uh, Jimmy, what did you get a this is something I really didn't get to ask you 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 were the lead designer What did you get to do on the game exactly if you don't mind me asking
7: exactly? I designed like the like uh, combat and the animal uh, abilities statistics, like balancing all of that sort of thing. Um, Wildheart initially like was a like a board game. Like we had like we made a paper prototype and we basically like just kept testing it among the team, like going over uh, like all picking our little animals and just moving them around the hexes on the grid and stuff, and just trying it like that. Um, and it just sort of grew from there. And then we added in the abilities and stuff in the main game. Do you guys still have that board game? Uh, It's, it's actually in my pencil case, yeah. <laughs> Dude,
2: send me a picture of that, man. That would be really, really cool. That sounds awesome. Or if you have it on your Facebook, I'd love to see it.
7: it it's just like a bunch of hexes, basically. It's just hexes with, like, fox and row written on it, and then <laughs> you just move them around on just... It's just a blank hex grid. It's, it's not that exciting.
2: <laughs> it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's better... It's from the guy saying that his game's not that exciting when it is really really cool. Um, so anything else? Uh, that's I mean, you guys answered pretty much most of my questions, but I want to ask: Is there anything else you guys want to add before you go? Anything that you're? I mean, like we mentioned, you're not working on your stuff till next semester. But is there anything that you guys have been like in love with in the past? Like a favorite game that you you'd want to talk about or something? I, I know that you mentioned Fire Emblem, but I didn't know if you guys had something that really like drew you into gaming. To begin with,
7: I mean, I I don't have I don't have anything in particular to say, but like for like the game that drew me into gaming, uh, that would be like probably I mean my, the first games console I got, which was more recent than I think now, is the PlayStation Two, and I had Time splits Two for that, If <laughs> you know that, <laughs> which I is a great game. He <laughs> yeah, um, I played I played in my the N sixty four with my friends back uh, when I was really young, playing Smash and stuff like that.
2: That is one of our favorite consoles. If you ever get a chance to check out Super PS, you'll hear us talk about Nintendo sixty four a it, lot. Uh, it
7: destroys friendships. That console. <laughs> it,
2: right. it had, I think, uh, I had two hundred games total on the console, and it was <laughs> there were a lot of bad games. But, uh, <laughs> Superman. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that uh, Superman sixty four. Yeah, Super game. <laughs> <laughs> worst games ever made. Sam, what about you? What's uh, if if you have anything you want to add, great. But what's a game that that got you into gaming?
8: I'm not sure if I have much else to uh, like add properly to it. But um, to get into gaming, um, I had a PS1 a long time ago. And to this day, I still play a lot of the um, Spyro games. The first yep. three
2: That's great.
8: Spyro games are very good. Um, and alongside those, I, uh, when I was a kid, I really liked the Croc games
2: yep great I too. tried to go
8: back to them recently and they're not they don't quite hold up as well they're yeah, not good
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um sam real quick about that now that uh now that crash bandicoot sold really well on ps4 i think it was in like the top 10 when it released yeah. are you hoping for the uh spyro remaster
8: that would be the greatest thing. I I would be so happy if they were made the first I, three.
2: I think we'll see it. I want to say Activision owns it, and with how good Crash did, I wouldn't be surprised. I you know I bet it's yeah. worth their investment.
8: Even Crash, like I really liked those games. Well I, I haven't had a check a chance to check out the new um the new trilogy, but.
2: Yeah, neither have I, which is very disappointing because I did like those games while I as a kid, too. They're, to me, I was big Nintendo boy, so even though I had a PlayStation, I really loved like, Super Mario 64 and the Banjo-Kazooies of the world. So yeah. I enjoyed Crash Bandicoot, but just its, its linear progression made it less entertaining than like, oh, Super Mario 64, I'm going to run around and catch a rabbit, and that rabbit's going to give me a star. <laughs> as in real life, so... It's
7: kind of <laughs> It's kind of a shame there aren't so many 3D platformers anymore cuz that's my favorite genre. Yeah, did you guys get a chance to check out Ukulele? I've been meaning to <laughs> but I haven't had time.
2: Well, I first suggest you guys when you get time and money, buy a Nintendo Switch and then wait <laughs> for that, <laughs> wait for Ukulele on there. But um yeah, I Ukulele I played it. It's good. It, you know, it reminds you of like, hey, these were better when I was younger and yeah. they're maybe not they don't hold up as well as I yeah. wish they did. <laughs>
8: I've heard like I haven't checked it out myself, but I've heard a couple of people have uh, like one or two issues with it. Yeah, that are just based in that genre rather than like the problems with the game itself, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I I, I know they released a game, a small, well, an indie game called Poi that uh, came out earlier this year on Steam, and now it's on Xbox and PlayStation. And they got a game called Hat in Time. I don't know if you've all that. So they have a lot of these three D platformer resurgence games coming out this year. And with Super Mario Odyssey, which will probably be great, that will come out too. But yeah, I, I, a lot of that stuff just doesn't. I mean, we've changed so much. Every game's an RPG now. Like you were mentioning when you guys were trying to figure out your leveling system. Like I had to ask because you know ten years ago that wouldn't even be a question. But now every game is an RPG, so it's weird to have games where you don't like level up and do all this stuff. So the platformers are are you know, hey, where's my stats and why when I hit these guys am I not gaining thirty experience points? You know, ukulele or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah no it's it was it's been a pleasure talking to you guys do you guys have like a, a twitter or something that they can follow you guys on i know i know you mentioned a facebook uh, uh
8: we do have okay. uh doing two ravens gaming on twitter <laughs> two
2: ravens gaming you said yeah okay cool i'm gonna at least i can friend you guys or whatever and on Twitter. <laughs> follow you now because i was looking for you but uh, I t- typed in two ravens and it was just a bunch of cooks or like some guy who cooked, and I don't know what the other guy did.
7: <laughs> I wasn't aware. Of, I wasn't aware of we had a Twitter. <laughs> um, now we've you got know. Facebook though. We definitely got Facebook.
2: <laughs> Is it two ravens also gaming yeah. or just two ravens? Uh, just, just two ravens two. on Facebook. Okay. Hey, well, hopefully you guys plan on coming out to the United States anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not. I don't think. No. Come on. <laughs> you guys will be out here for e3 soon enough so when you do you're gonna have to come by and visit um we're all down in that area like south of la mm-hmm. so uh this has been on au- this has been awesome man i i'm really yeah, stoked that you guys decided yeah, to, thanks a
8: lot thank oh, you, yeah, thank, is, you so, <laughs> thank you so much for having us on what
2: are you guys talking about thank you guys like this is just a ton of fun it's something me and my buddies like love doing and we've been talking about it for a while like hey we love games but don't make any games and we really want to get into like Hey, what goes into making game, and like how much time? And uh, and you guys were super cool and awesome, and you're gonna have to come down here though and check out Glitch City. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard of the game Hyperlight Drifter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a a big uh, complex in North Hollywood area where they rent it out just to like game developers. I don't know if even it's rented out or invite only or whatever, but the guy who made Hyperlight Drifter worked on his game there, and it's just like a big warehouse where a whole bunch of uh, Developers work out of, and they make. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of you guys got to come down here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you guys are friends with us, Nate, over here at Super BS down uh, South Orange County, and uh, yeah, man, um, I it's been awesome. If uh, we really, really, really want to thank you guys for coming on, um, anything if you guys have anything else to add, I don't want to stop you before <laughs> we close out. Favorite song recently from Justin Bieber? Go, everybody loves the. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, Bieber. <laughs> favorite Justin Bieber song okay I got limited to 10 guys we don't have that much time <laughs> well uh Jimmy Sam I really appreciate having you guys on thanks again um yeah, thanks a lot I'm excited to hear what people say a lot of people when I posted this were like hey this sounds really cool so I right, man I will uh talk to you soon and I'll uh let you know when it goes up peace thank you you guys see ya <laughs> bye so that was my chat with Sam and Jimmy from two ravens about their wonderful indie game. Wild Heart, which you can find on itch.io. It's pay-what-you-want, so give it a shot. Uh, you can find it for PC or Mac, again, on itch.io, Wild Heart. If you enjoyed that, please shoot us an email. We're at superbscast at gmail.com. We're hoping to hear from you. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold, on iTunes or on podcast.com. We really want to do more of this stuff in the future, so hopefully you'll be hearing from us pretty soon. Peace. Oh, yeah.
0: To, to us, people that can feel things, it, it, uh,
5: it hurts.